Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. We are on episode number 52. 52. That means we've been doing this for a whole year, guys. Literally oh an goodness. entire year. The Our Lord Sir producer, Abhijit, <laughs> was holding up the sign that says one full year. And I was like, wait, one full year since what? Since the beginning? Since we decided <laughs> this idea? Since what? And yeah, 52 weeks, apparently. Well, of course, I should know that as a fact. I'm it's sure. been magical. Thank you for following yeah. along for 52 weeks wow. with us, one whole year. Uh, we've been getting a lot of feedback on our Instagram, if you're following us, at Modern Yogi Podcast. Um, and people are binging. People yeah. are binging oh our episodes. God. We That's talked about exciting. this. We're like binge-worthy now. That's very exciting. <laughs> we're, we're so humbled and so yeah. oh thankful God. that people are deciding to spend multiple hours, as if this was Netflix just like <laughs> listening to our voices and listening to yeah. Krishna's words in the Gita because you guys we pour our hearts into this it takes a whole team to do this we love being I mean we live for this you know like we just talked about before this started how Ted Lasso the one football star was like football is life so for us this is life Gita this is, is life so this is what we love doing and we would not be able to do this if it weren't for people listening and engaging it's a two way road so we're just yeah. super we're happy for this opportunity to talk about what gives us life. Absolutely. Thank and special shout so out much. to our producer, Abhijit, and our yeah. social media director, Woo-hoo, Ella, for Thank always you, being Ella. there. We, this is a team effort and it yeah. wouldn't be possible without those two. It really yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't. Uh, Ella was asking me today how I feel about us, uh, you know, getting more followers on Instagram. And <laughs> I, I really told her, I was like, I... I don't think we could have done it without every single person yeah. in here. Like, I think, you know, there's the consistency, the, right. the motive, like the, the initiative from Ella, like Shamali's yeah. posting and networking and doing all right. the things and like all of us being here, you know, not every week, but uh, when we record being right, so consistent, right. I just think I'm really grateful for everyone because it's been amazing just for me personally mm-hmm. to be able to like study the Gita with y'all and to have you guys as my club Aww. buddies yeah. so yeah. thank you and we're and the great thing is we just show up and read and like Abhijit and Ella like literally take it and then put it out into the world and promote right. it and so yes. it, we, you wouldn't be able to hear about this podcast if it wasn't for those two so and I feel you. that's how you know that like divinity is backing you up when it all kind of just seamlessly comes together every single component every person in this room just kind of magically came together and it, it flowed you know <laughs> I mentioned before that after uh our first episode that we recorded, we looked around each other at the table and we were like, whoa, this was magic. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Our producer yeah. was like, this really has legs to go somewhere. And, you know, we've talked about this, how you can be the closest of friends, but we don't know how that dynamic will play out on a talk show, on a podcast. So that's why after the first episode and we saw what potential this had, we were like, this is very freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the fact that we got together and we're like, how are we going to do this? Right. Like every right. part of it, I think it was Krishna's hand that said, yeah. like, do it this way. And, th- and because we just sat down and we we're like, okay, we're recording. Like we're, right. I mean, we studied before and we, you know, we did all the things, but then we went and it was just, it flowed. But yeah. how could we have known that it was going to go right. that way? Right. Yeah. It's really just the mercy. So yeah. I think I just got chills. My, my hair stood on end because I I think the more you place awareness in divinity, the more, like you said, you can feel his hand guiding you in your life. And when something feels like it's you're walking uphill, it's a struggle. A lot of times it's because you're not tapping into the flow of the direction you're meant to go in. So this is so nice that it is flowing. We put effort, we put our endeavor, 
but it's flowing. So yes. not to say that it's easy all the time, but we're super happy to be <laughs> yeah. doing it. Yeah, so- Gita is live. Gita's live. Gita is live. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of the Gita, we are on chapter seven, text number 15. Anybody yes. want to do a quick recap? Yes, I have a bit of a macro recap. So we talk a lot about the philosophy. We break it down. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight on the bigger story. What is even going on here? So right now we are moving from karma yoga, which is the beginning six chapters are all about karma yoga essentially how to live in this world. But we seek more than just this world, than just being equal in mind in this existence. We seek to be moved within our hearts. So this next section that we've been doing, starting with chapter seven, the middle six chapters are all about bhakti yoga and divine love and connection of the heart with the supreme divinity. And this is the essence of all of our beings, that, that love, that connection. So that's the section we're entering now that I think is important to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. First six chapters, karma, yoga, action, all about maneuvering this existence. Middle six section is, uh, middle six chapters, sorry, is all about divine love. And I think an important point to remember is mind control or the first six chapters that we talked about, about karma, yoga, how to control the mind, all the technical stuff. Mind control doesn't just come from determination. When you say mind control, it sounds like evil. Like Black Mirror. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I can say in other words, learning the tools on how to control your mind. <laughs> but it sounds true. less evil. Yeah. Mind yes. Control. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. that. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. So I think an important point is the tools in how to control your mind doesn't just come from our own determination, discipline, and endeavor to be detached, but controlling our mind ultimately comes when our mind is absorbed in something much, much higher. So to set us up at the end of chapter six, Krishna sets us up by saying, okay, now in the middle six chapters, he's going to explain how to immerse our minds in this divine connection and bathe our minds in this divine love. And when we can learn to do that, everything else becomes easy. I like Shalmi's little TED talk in the middle of this, just explaining <laughs> the first six, six chapters out of nowhere. I appreciate it. It's that. really nice. good. It's good. That's I good. mean, we are a year in. If someone's just listening for the first time, yep. they can yeah, be like, oh, that's where we are. So I love right, that. right. Awesome. And one more tidbit to set us up. You see the middle chapters, Krishna's, like I said, explaining this science on how to develop divine connection with God. Because when you do connect to the divine in love and you see, you see divinity in everything and everyone, then you naturally see how we're all connected with the divine relationship. And I think to take a side note, people exploit other people, objects, nature, because they don't feel a connection because they haven't developed even the connection with the divine supreme source within themselves. So that's why we need to really connect to the divine. And that love is always ever present and expanding. So if I am hearing you right, the first six chapters of the Gita were about Controlling your mind right, and all your about, senses. Exactly. And learning the difference between the body and the soul and all that fun stuff. Beautiful. And then the next middle chapters are all about getting to know who God is. Exactly. Because Beauty. like we said, you can't just, I'm going to control my mind now on our my sheer determination. We need to be tapped into something higher, something that motivates us. So Krishna laid the foundation in the first six chapters. Now with chapter seven, we're moving into the middle six chapters. And that's all about that divine love, that's something higher that will give us the motivation of why do I even need to control my mind and senses? Yeah, I think mm. chapter seven is kind of like going on a blind date with God. Exactly. Yes. It is like a relationship, right? Like you were saying, like, first you got to work on yourself. Maybe you go to therapy, you like right. do all the things that you need to do to figure out who you are and like and what you want, what you want, what you need, how to communicate, mm. all the things, right? And right. then you meet the person, you're like, well, now I want to get to know you and yes. I want to understand who you are. And that's what we're doing here. Ooh, yeah. You guys set it up beautifully. 
beautifully for the last point I was going to say about getting (laughs) to know you. Because, see, in the very first text of chapter seven, which this will conclude the recap, because I know we got it. We got to move on. So uh, (laughs) when when Shama starts giving me the face of like, are you going to go on one of your tangents or can we move on? (laughs) No, no, we keep each other on task. It's good. So see, all of chapter seven is knowledge of the absolute. Like they were saying, going on a blind date, getting to know someone. Because in text one of chapter seven, Krishna says, the beginning of love is to hear about the beloved. So when you hear about the qualities of divinity, you'll begin to see divinity everywhere and see that divinity has always been present in your life. And it's reciprocating with you here and now. So then we've said it before, the more you know about someone, the more you'll love them, the more you'll be able to give your heart and mind and in that reciprocation of love. So that was what Krishna set up in text one of chapter seven. Mm. And that's basically where we've been getting to know about the divine. Yeah. So for the last couple of texts, he's been talking about like who he is. He's the strength of the strong. He is uh, the taste of water. Yeah, All these qualities, Mm -hmm. right? He's independent from this material nature, but he's also the creator of the material nature. And he's been giving us tidbits about like how he, the, the existence of the world and him and us and how we all relate to each other, but based on understanding him better. Right. right. So in the last text, Krishna is talking about how he, um, there's three modes of material nature and how they're very difficult to overcome. But one thing for sure is that he is not controlled by them. Right. He is right. independent. And so now we're moving on to talking about different people who are attracted or not attracted to Krishna. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. But before we go to that, the invocation, please, ladies. Uh, Yes. Oma Gyana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto him. All right, chapter seven, text number 15, Priyadarshini. All right. Those miscreants who are grossly foolish, who are lowest among mankind, whose knowledge is stolen by illusion, and who partake of the atheist nature, atheistic nature of demons, do not surrender unto me. Ooh. Ooh. Does God not like atheists? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> no, no. And okay. atheists don't like God. No. <laughs> Look at that. It's a perfect relationship. <laughs> um, no, no. Rewind. He's yes. basically just delineating. Delin- oh, my God. Delineating. Nice. Nice. There we go. Very good. good word. <laughs> He's outlining which types of people are not attracted to him. Yeah. And, can, you know, I, can I read it again from the beginning? Because, yes. yeah. you know, when I read this, I was like, oof, that's so heavy, right? Right. And then I looked up some of these words and it made me feel a little better. So I'm going to try to make y'all feel better. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to replace some words. Ready? Those poorly behaving lawbreakers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Who are extremely foolish. Right. And then the other stuff is the same. So, yeah. <laughs> so basically, just thesaurus.com, the first three words of that verse. Yeah, but because miscreant sounds really intense, but it really just means people who are behaving poorly, who are going against the laws. Got and then it. Grossly foolish just means extremely foolish in the sense that they're just kind of seeking nonsense. Just not right. regular foolish, grossly foolish. Okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. And they're the lowest amongst mankind. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> whose knowledge is stolen by illusion. Knowledge is stolen by illusion right. just means that they're caught up in this rat race they really 
really want the money. They really want the, they want all the things like the materialistic stuff. They want everything, the women, yeah. the men, whatever it might be. Um, they are completely in a mirage of what they yeah. think the world is. And then they, who partake in, who partake of the atheistic nature of demons do not surrender onto me. So he's basically saying that the people that aren't the wisest in society, who are kind of misguided in society, they mm -hmm. never turn to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. an interesting segue because you say the wisest and I Prabhupada know. anticipated that he's like, at this point, a question arises. How is it that educated philosophers, scientists, businessmen, administrators, and all the leaders of ordinary men do not surrender unto Krishna, the all-powerful personality? So he continues yeah. to answer it at the bottom. Because, right, when we read this, we think, oh, so basically silly people don't surrender. But... It's yeah, not silly necessarily in the sense of like, if you think I'm of a, silly, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a scientist is a very intelligent person. Yeah. Right? right. And so Definitely we're not, not talking silly. about that because there's different types of intelligence. Right. And like, we're talking about the kind of intelligence where you understand, like, we are not this body. There's a soul. And like, what is our greatest purpose in life? A scientist might not have that kind of knowledge. And that makes them foolish in some ways mm. yes because imagine being so smart and everything else so this is kind of reminds me of like the school that i went to so i went to a really prestigious mm. business school they my my students around me what are they called colleagues alumni peers peers my colleagues my colleagues in academia my schoolmates right <laughs> they were they were geniuses right i don't know how i got into that school but the they were geniuses and they could read an entire text from back to front and memorize it oh but they didn't God. know how to cross the street you know what i mean so like it was like this, i'm sorry like, what like they didn't know how to use common sense when they're mm. out in the world right but Different they were types. so good at book smart so i think you're right like the scientist is very very intelligent but the fact that they can't figure out the purpose of life kind of makes them a little foolish in a way yeah and then like there's mm -hmm. different types of intelligence right because like the businessman is not the same as the scientist they have a different kind of intelligence where they can really uh, be charismatic and talk to people and do all these things so there's so many different types of intelligence but they don't they don't necessarily matter so much if you don't have the understanding of what your purpose in life is right like right. at the real. end of the day like you won't be as happy or as peaceful if you don't understand your position in relationship to krishna yep Right. So basically Prabhupada's saying, so all of these people, these philosophers, scientists, very, you know, materially intellectual people pose themselves as such for material gain because they're not truly accepting what is the supreme or divine plan. They just try to manufacture with our own minds and intellects, our worldly plans. And consequently, we just complicate our existence further and further in our vain attempts to solve oh. different problems. And mm. could you imagine a world, a utopia for, for instance, where <laughs> our worldly leaders were Krishna conscious or were wow. God conscious right. at the least, right? Could you imagine the different type of world that we would live in where right. our, our, our budgets wouldn't be spent on defense, but they would be on protecting Mother Earth, you know what mm. I mean? Like they would be on social mm -hmm. justice programs and not, right. you know, just wasted on people in Congress. Just, you right. know, I mean, I don't know. I just think it would be <laughs> yeah. this beautiful utopia. Yeah. Yeah. I always, would, oh, ahead, sorry. No, ahead. I just, I was going to say, I always dreamed of that as a kid. Like imagine mm. a world in which every, I mean, I was a kid. Imagine so I was like, all the people. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, picturing like, oh, imagine 
in a world in where, where everyone's vegetarian. Like right. even that made me so happy to think a about. A little Priya dreaming I know, of a I mean, greater I, existence for this world. How listen. wholesome is that thought? <laughs> I grew up in South America. Everyone eats meat. It's like very, oh, very different, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, I live in Los Angeles now where there's so many vegans and it's totally right. fine and different, but it was a different world back then. So I, I can definitely understand. And you point. know, if all the leaders had a deep like spiritual compass within them, that would change everything because spirituality isn't just about how much philosophy do we know? How many times a week do we go to a temple or a church? It's about your entire worldview, your entire way of perceiving everything is fundamentally totally different. Yeah, I think if, yep. it, I mean, even just the fundamental understanding of we're not the body would make a huge difference. Yeah. Just, just having that understanding, Oof, right? Yeah. Racism, sexism, yeah. like all these things wouldn't really, wouldn't be there, but they have to be there because... Everyone has desires and we're here to fulfill them. And unfortunately, this world is created so that everyone can kind of fulfill their desires. And so yep. we just have to work to get out of that and just right. do That's our real. thing. So it's interesting. This next part in the purport, it says that the material energy, we might think, oh, it's so bad. It, it clouds us over it. It confuses us. That can't be Krishna. But no, wrong. Here it says the material energy works fully under the direction of the Supreme Lord. It has no independent authority. It works as the shadow moves in accordance with the movements of the object. So the material energy is very powerful, but ultimately it's under Krishna's control. And under this illusion, the modes of passion and ignorance all of our plans are baffled. We become bewildered when we try to act separately from the divine supreme plan. And I, I, I want to bring up this notion of like, we've, we've talked about Maya right before, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and Maya, she's a goddess. It's her, it's Maya Devi, right? And so like, there's all these different gods and goddesses that we talked about in like the first and second chapter, right? There's a god of the water. There's a god of money there's a god of finding <laughs> yeah. a good husband there's a there's a god of everything thunder. right thunder thunder lightning all that fun stuff right there's a there's there's a god of everything yeah. and so there's also this goddess of illusion her name is mm -hmm. maya and she is the one that creates this like matrix like atmosphere that we all live in right mm -hmm. and i and i and i i think i mentioned this before but i think it's important it's like the way my mentor explained it to me was that Maya Devi is a goddess and she reports, she's a direct, she directly reports to Krishna, right? Mm -hmm. And her job is to protect Krishna at all costs. So yeah. she creates this world of all these fun distractions because she wants to make sure that you don't get through. And if you, if you get through and you're still attached to things, you're going to break Krishna's heart. Mm -hmm. And her job is to make sure that you don't break Krishna's heart. And that's why she makes this world so enticing and yeah. uh, entangling and all of that stuff. I because, love that. um, she doesn't want you to break Krishna's heart at the end of the day. Don't I go love breaking that so much. It's like a best friend. Krishna's best friend. Oh, She's yeah. protecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's this notion of illusion, right? It's right. a lot of people get under Maya's grasp and they get, they, they lose sight of who they actually are. Right. So basically the next parts of the purport break down a little further. Okay. Who are these four types of people? Should we just do a brief little? Yes, let's do it. Who's yeah. the first type? Shama. I know oh. that you had a good grasp of it last time. Atheist. 
Uh, are, oh. is there? <laughs> I don't know where we are. Do the first foolish one. People. No, there you go, foolish people. Right. And they say that the, the typical example of someone who represents this foolish person would be the example of the ass, the animal, not that they're calling them the donkey. The donkey. The, the donkey. There we go. That's a who more. Calls a donkey and ass. In olden days, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I'm only in the scriptures. Me and my ass gotta go up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so the donkey. So the donkey doesn't really know for whom or why it's working so hard all day at night and it doesn't even matter as long it just works 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 i get a little food a little water work 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 kind of robotically so that image of the donkey or the ass as they used to say in olden times <laughs> nobody says that i know you just, <laughs> just i thought you said she us just, oh. she just wants to say ass <laughs> it's like i'm sorry what's happening okay so the donkey is the first one right and this is basically the position of a foolish fruit of worker who doesn't know for whom he should work you know we uh. want to just Oh, and there's an interesting line here. I actually underlined it. It says, these workers work very hard day and night to clear the burden of self-created duties. So so they say they have no time basically to hear of the immorality and, oh, immortality. Sorry, not immorality. The immortality of the living being. And I thought it was so interesting how they use the word self-created duties. Because so many times, what's people's number one excuse for not dedicating time? Like, or yeah, time to spirituality. I don't have time. I don't Mm -hmm. have time. I'm busy. I'm I'm busy. busy. Yeah, tomorrow. Today, no, it's been a long day at work. Maybe blah, when I'm blah, 50. Blah. Maybe when, when I'm I old, retire. When I'm older, yeah. yeah. When yeah. I have time. Yeah. So I love how here they totally, Prabhupada totally called it out and said, these are self-created duties it, that we burden ourselves with because really we have to make the time for things that matter. Mm. You can't tell your whatever spouse or future spouse if you don't have one, sorry, don't got time for you. Uh, that relationship will end pretty quickly if you yes. say something like that. Yeah. So you have to make time in your day for the things that really matter and the whole point of why we're even in this world is to grow evolve and connect with our divine source so i would say this is kind of important to put a little bit of time (laughs) kind of just a little bit you know like just but no it's a really cool point that you're saying because it is true like i think we get caught up in like all the responsibilities of this material world and we sometimes forget to prioritize like the ultimate goal and the like the real path of like spirituality which is so fulfilling and so you know right amazing and right. it can bring us so much happiness really but we're like oh i don't have time I, you know like like you were saying right so yeah. i think that's a really cool point and so one, that was number one one more comparison with the uh, donkey yes. is interesting because the donkey and the worker who has no idea of where they're going they're working hard day and night for the benefit of an illusory master ignorant of who their real master is because maybe mm. we don't like the word master it sounds so controlling boss. but we want to feel like i'm totally free but we have a boss or a master in every aspect of life you're going to have to answer to somebody mm-hmm. you yeah. know so you you're going to choose am i going to answer to my senses to the boss at my job or to the divine source the divine master right. who has my best interest at heart but ultimately at the end of the day you're going to have to answer to somebody is yeah. there that song um there's a song oh my god i'm blanking but there's totally a song about we all have to serve somebody uh, 21 questions to serve somebody and they all no, I'm just making it up no, <laughs> anyway next episode tune in for the next time I'll remember the song whatever okay. the second I, kind of person yeah just singing two different or songs completely <laughs> just many songs about <laughs> masters the second person that doesn't d- doesn't what doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't go. want to love God 
Yeah, they're not really attracted to. Okay, they're basically the called person? Naradhama or the lowest of mankind. What does that mean? Nara means human being and Adhama means the lowest. So basically, <laughs> while Prabhupada says Adam, word. <laughs> yeah, out of eight million four hundred thousand different species of living beings there are four hundred thousand human species out of those there are numerous lower forms of human life that are mostly uncivilized because how do we think when we think of someone who's a civilized human being those are those who have uh some sort form of regulative principles of social political and religious life so basically those who are socially and politically developed but have no religious principles are in this category interesting because then they make an interesting point religion uh without God is not truly religion because the purpose of following different religious principles is to ultimately get to know our source and our relationship with him. Okay, so, so number one was the donkey class and number two <laughs> is the uncivilized class. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I think so. Different times. All right, number three. Yeah. Um, number three is... Whoa, you know what? One more fun fact about the second category. Yes. No process is strictly followed now in any part of the world to develop this ultimate divine relationship. So therefore, 99.9% .9 of the population is in this second category. Mm. Who, that Basically, in very simple terms, we're civilized in all aspects, minus the one that really counts, which is why are we here in this world in the first place? Can I ask you then, what's the difference between that and the donkey people? Because the donkey I think people is the donkey an people actual donkey, no? No. <laughs> Are you joking? Me? No, I don't know. I didn't read the purport. <laughs> I, wait, wait. I have to know. Is that, that's a joke. You're funny. That's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Oh my god! No, no, no. So okay. that was okay. In case anyone thought number one was real donkeys, number no, one, no, one, no one thought it was real donkeys. Okay. Well, you never know. <laughs> I actually did. I didn't read it for him. My eyes are gonna water, and that's downhill from here. My eyes are watering too. Okay. okay. Number one was not a real animal. It was an analogy for the types of human beings who are very just mind oh, the working donkeys. Yeah, like, like I'm thinking yeah. like, like I'm thinking like uh, factory <laughs> workers. But not insulting factory workers if no, there are any anyone. factory workers. But, I mean, out I'm there. just trying to figure out the difference between the first kind of people and right. the second kind of people. And I'm wondering if you know. Well, I think we there's different interpretations, but what the way I took it was uh Category number two at least was civilized in some aspects. They had some sense of social, oh. political oh. civilization. Uh, so they're, they're categorizing people based on their jobs a little bit. They're kind of saying like everyday like nine to fivers are mm. in the first category maybe. May Could maybe. be jobs, I and guess. And then the second, yeah. in the second category is like, oh, like, you know, politicians or this or that who have some sort of maybe. Ooh, no, I, no, no, I no, thought no. it was no? more about consciousness because the... You, you can chime in in a second, but number one was basically our minds are turned off in all aspects of our ah. life. Where category number two, our minds are turned off in the one most important aspect, which is our religious duty. Gotcha. That's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, are okay, we on okay. number three now? Yeah, okay. That's, okay. A, that's a cool distinction. I really appreciate that, Shamley. All, all right. right. And but, 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 one last point here. I, I did read the purport and took a million notes because this is an important point about our education system. So basically, when the whole population becomes this section, which already Prabhupada said 99.9% .9 of the population is Naradhama. Uh, Producer Abhijit, am I pronouncing the Sanskrit correctly? Na Naradhama. 
his mic is not on right now. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to take that right. and say, yes, I am. So <laughs> naturally, when all of these people in positions of power are in this aspect of their minds are turned off in the most important facet of our lives, which is our spiritual connection. Naturally, then the so, so part of what writes so-called education is made null and void by the powerful energy of physical nature. So if you think about it, that makes so much sense when how many people finish their how many years are we in the education system and how many people finish feeling like, yes, I have a deep sense of identity of the purpose of my life of satisfaction, <laughs> sense of self and achievement. No, are you kidding me? Because when people in positions of power have no, con you're laughing for you. No, no, no. I'm just keep going. Have, you're doing great. You're doing okay, great. Cool. When they have no connection to what is really the essence of life, then it's a trickle down effect mm. and no then social aspect of life will implement that unless you do it on your own or with your family, whatever. But in the wide masses of people, and here it says 99.9% .9 of people might be civilized in all aspects, minus the one that counts. So naturally our education system then is not going to be upheld with deep, moral and spiritual codes and we're not teaching our children what really matters and mm. these are the people who go on to become the future leaders Oof. of our world yeah we can definitely okay. agree to that so number one they have their brain completely turned off yeah and number two just a little bit turned off just a little bit yeah sure okay <laughs> got it all right yeah. cool. number three <clears throat> this class is called does anybody want to attempt the Sanskrit <laughs> definition i was like whoa go for it Descripty. and then you just no it's called mayaya <laughs> So these are essentially, these are the most learned people of our society. So great philosophers, poets, literati, and scientists, not to be confused by Illuminati, but literati. So these are like the top most like scholars and scientists of that class. It's interesting. It almost goes in a triangular pyramid with the bottom, like our minds completely turned off, the middle of the triangle, a little bit turned off, and the top triangle, very bright people, but still turned off to the most, all turned off to the most important aspect. In some ways, I got to say, it definitely is about the mind being turned off, but it still feels like a little bit of a, a conversation about like yeah, status in society and yep. like the position you're in and like even even kind of like the um what is it maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. it's like the, the very bottom they don't have their needs met right like the first right. category of people they don't yeah. have their meets their needs met so right. how can they even think about f god or purpose mm -hmm. or anything beyond because they're just so busy focusing on like the everyday i gotta get the food i gotta get the money i gotta get the thing right and then the second uh, the second category is like okay well i have my needs met a little bit more i have right. education i have a job but like i'm still caught up in that world so i can't even think about that and then the third is like oh i have enough of my needs met that i'm a philosopher like yeah. i'm not even just like a regular everyday worker i'm like doing something that doesn't pay the bills but i'm fine right. and i still don't have the mindset to like actually be able to right you know think of purpose beyond Right? Yeah. I think this third class can be summed up in this uh, Taylor Swift lyric. And if oh, Ella yeah, is around, it. it's like this, like this fault, this nar covert narcissism described as altruism. Right. And it's like these people who think that they're doing this great benefit for mm. society, but it's actually mostly to for their own ego. Is that right, Ella? Right. Covert, <laughs> covert narcissism. <laughs> Uh, hidden as altruism. Yeah. I like it. Very Thank cool. you, Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Taylor Swift. And you know what's very interesting? In this third class of people, they also, since they are the philosophers, the scholars, the learned people, the scientists, et cetera, et cetera, all the unauthorized interpretations of the Gita, because right now we're reading the version that is the Bhagavad Gita as it is. And what would you say, ladies? What does as it is mean? 
Um, um, it, it's it's <laughs> it basically means that there's no uh, independent interpretation of exactly. Krishna's words or like di- misdirection about them. That's why you get like a proper text, which is Krishna actually the words he right. said, and then you get a purport, which is like Prabhupada adding like understanding for us to understand it better. Exactly. But for other people, sometimes they'll change the actual text of what Krishna say to kind of benefit right. what they think it means. And or their own ego or, or their whatever own story, it might be, right? whatever. And, and it disrupts the, the actual message. So quite literally, as it is, as Krishna spoke it thousands and thousands of years ago. So mm-hmm. at the bottom of this third section of the people who are not attracted to Krishna is what we're still talking about. Many unauthorized interpretations of the Gita are done by people in this class who are outside of our parampara system, which means outside of this line of ancient lineage of teacher-disciple, teacher-disciple. And Prabhupada says, these interpretations are so many stumbling blocks on the path of spiritual understanding. And I'm going to say that again, they're stumbling blocks. And many people think, eh, what's the big deal? I can read any version out there. They are literally stumbling blocks if they change the whole essence and what's the point of the Gita anyway. And the point is to get closer to Krishna, to love Krishna. Have we talked about how in some of the interpretations of the Gita, Krishna's name is not even yeah. mentioned. Like, yeah. How could, you, how could you have a Gita without Krishna in it? Whereas here you would have Krishna's name in every single page. And you know wow. what? When you, when you are very new, I think, to the Gita, something like that might seem like, well, yeah, so what's the big deal? One one character's taken out of the story. Okay, big deal. <laughs> kind of right? Playing character. devil's advocate. What right. would you say to that? Because many people who are new to this might feel, yeah, Krishna's just a character. What's the big deal if an author removes it and adds a lot of insight? I so mean, what? We the, still get the gist of it, right? I think the, the, the fact that there's only two people in this conversation and you take out one person, <laughs> it's like, what's the sound of one hand clapping? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound like anything good. And basically, <laughs> that one other person talking, Krishna, is basically giving you the whole point of the Gita. Is he to is develop, the knowledge. He is the knowledge. He is the essence. And he is the final goal of the Gita. Yeah. So and you're removing the character who is the final destination of these pages. And right. if, if Arjuna is just having an existential crisis by himself in this entire book, then we're just watching him <laughs> twin, like have a meltdown, essentially, without yeah. any guidance. And like you said, I mean, I don't remember the Taylor Swift lyric, but like you were saying, these people really think they're doing something great. Yeah. They really think, oh, I am translating the Bhagavad Gita, but right. actually it's a little bit misguided. Mm-hmm. And so. in fact, to be faithful to the words originally spoken, I think shows great humility because oftentimes when someone wants to add all these flowery language and their own interpretation, it's to stroke their own ego. I'm so great. Look at my understanding. I took it in this new innovative way, but Prabhupada right. was so chaste to wanting to retain the original message by Krishna. And I think that shows great humility and depth of character. For sure. And the last one is... Self-proclaimed atheists. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Okay, dun, so dun, that makes dun. sense, right? Okay, so the, if the first one is, and I, I think you beautifully described it, Priya, it's like Maslow's hierarchy. The first class is the people that can't even fulfill that bottom layer. The second, mm-hmm. who are kind of attuned, like politically, socially, they might be woke in some ways, but they're not actually mm-hmm. like real woke, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and the third one is the scientists, the philosophers. Prabhupada says the deluded speculators. The deluded yeah. speculators. They really think they're woke. Yeah. But they're not woke at all. Not woke. Uh-huh. Not woke. 
at all. And they're the kind that like, they're like, oh, I'm working towards woke. Like I definitely am there and they're actually right. not at all. Right, ah. right. And then the fourth one is <laughs> just the ones that are like holding the billboards of atheism. You know they're what I mean? like, ah, no thanks. Yeah. And you know, like, there's, there's yeah. different types of atheists because when I think of maybe a lot of young people who say they're atheists, it's just because they haven't stumbled upon something that they really believe in. So they're like, yes. I guess I'm atheist. They're not bad people. They just haven't found the knowledge that inspires yeah. them. Yeah. Or they've had bad experiences with right. a particular faith or oh, another. Different reasons. I mean, I was a kind of an atheist, like in throughout high school. You know right. what I mean? Like I had a bad experience with like what I had known to be this overall type of spiritual path that my family was on. And I was like, nope, not for me. And then I was like, and then I just kind of rejected everything. Right. It was only until later in my life where I was like, okay, let me do a little bit more research on what, right. what speaks to my heart, but also speaks to the rational part of my brain. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Actually, I've had conversations with atheists and, and some of them were really open to actually having conversations about Krishna or like even just philosophy, right. because in their mind, it just hasn't ever made sense. Right. Like right. whatever religion, whatever philosophy, whatever it is, like it didn't really hit all the things that they would want from life. And so they would be open to having a conversation with me. And I, I think that's, there's so like, you're, you're right. There's so many different types of people who right. perceive themselves as atheists or, you know, who would right. identify that way. So it's not like, yeah, like you're an atheist, you're a bad person. So like there's no. many different types, motives out there. Just so. like we don't think other religions are yeah. also bad either. It's just maybe what the different makes desire. Yeah. Also well, it's interesting. Been. Priya, you're foreshadowing. Krishna's about to talk about desire because he is so... Um, loving and inclusive that he'll cater to whatever desire you have yes. and send you on the path that's going to fulfill your desires. Ooh, right. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> we move on to text number 16. Yes. Shama Sangeeta, take All it away. Right. Oh, best among the Barthas, four kinds of pious men begin to render devotional service onto me. Mm. The distressed, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and he who is searching for knowledge of the absolute. Interesting. So Very we just cool. talked about people who aren't attracted to Krishna. Now we're shifting the script and we're talking about, unlike the, Prabhupada says, the miscreants or the people who weren't attracted. These four, these four types of people, they adhere to different regulative principles of the scriptures. They, they live a life in mode of goodness. They're seeking something or they're so fed up with the world that'll lead them to seek something. And they're basically called, does anyone want to take a stab at the Sanskrit? Shuk! Kritna. That's beautiful. Stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. The accent was really funny. <laughs> it reminded it me like of an old lady who's like, let me talk to you about this ancient knowledge. Sukritna. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. I okay, like so it. it's kind of funny right now that God is actually explaining. Here are the four types of people that will never, ever Talk, like talk about me or love me and like who, who I know don't this. Have like, a like, natural I feel tendency. like Chris is kind of self-aware at this point. Oh, you very know I mean? self-aware. Like he's very like he's done the work. He's been to therapy. He's very self-aware <laughs> of like who's never gonna love him. Who's okay? Krishna's therapist? Uh, <laughs> Krishna. Krishna. I was just looking at himself in the mirror and he goes. I am great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's probably Krishna, right? So he's done the work, right? He's like healed his wounds, right? And so like he is very self-aware as to he knows the four people that will never love him. And then he's also telling us that the four people that usually come crawling back to him. You know what but I mean? But interestingly <laughs> enough, I also love this because it's like he knows that out of these four people, usually these people are not necessarily coming to him just because they like him, but they're coming to him because they want something from him. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because, yeah, he's saying these persons come to me for 
for devotional service under different conditions. They're not pure devotees. And he's not saying that in a super negative way. He's just very realistic because they still have some aspirations to fulfill in exchange for a devotional service. They're basically like, I'll be your friend if you give me a ride in your Mercedes. (laughs) Or it's the type of person that how often... In a very simple way, how often do we just pray when we need something? Do we pray when times are really good, you know? And because pure devotional service is without any aspiration, without any desire, we literally just are want want to give Krishna our love and our service with no ulterior motive. So the first one is the distressed, right? Is the people that are not having a good time and they're searching for some sort of meaning. Yeah. Before we get to that, can I say something? Oh, Hondo. So it says uh, here, when these four kinds of persons come to the Supreme Lord uh, for devotional servers and are completely purified by the association of pure devotees, they Mm. also become pure devotees. So basically by being around people who are really into selfless service and who are focused on getting to know Krishna better, they can become also in that mood of selfless service, right? Okay. But right. it also says, as far as miscreants are concerned, right? For them, devotional service is very difficult because their lives are selfish, irregular, and without spiritual goals. Mm. But even some of them, by chance, mm-hmm. when they come in contact with a pure devotee, also become pure devotees. Ooh, so right. I just thought that was a really, really cool line because it's showing that we all have a chance at the end of the day. Right. It's just some are more likely than others to come into this path. Right. And sooner or later, it'll lead you there because so many times when we become distressed, we become fed up with the world. Then that leads us to like, isn't there something else? Then that like, it's a whole right. trickle effect, right? Yeah. And basically, so he summarizes on the whole, when the distressed, the inquisitive, the seeker of knowledge, and those who are in need of money are free from all material desires, which will happen in time, patience and practice. That's my words, not the purport. And when they fully understand that material remuneration has nothing to do with spiritual improvement, they also become pure devotees. So as you're saying, Priya, they always have a chance. Mm. And Krishna recognizes this, that sooner or later, these four different paths will lead you. Some might be just a little more direct, like the one who's actually searching for knowledge of Krishna you know, you might get there a little faster, but you're all going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I also really, I mean, I know I'm going back a little bit. I like the description of why it's hard for the miscreants to do devotional service because they're selfish, irregular, and without spiritual goals. And I Mm. think that like, those are so easy to do, even if you like, even if you do care about Krishna, even if you do want to do devotional service, you know, like you can be selfish and be like, well, I got to prioritize me, you know, or the person who passively loves Krishna. Right. But like, doesn't want to actually put in the work. And like, like, it's very, if (laughs) categorizing these are miscreant qualities feels really harsh because I feel like even as a person, yeah, Yeah. we have these qualities sometimes, Mm -hmm. right. How regulated are we all the time? How uh, selfless are we all the time? How many spiritual goals do we have all the time? Mm -hmm. So it's just, I I really like this because it's kind of saying like, even the imperfect have a chance and also recognize mm-hmm. these qualities. These qualities don't help us into mm-hmm. in, in growing in our path, you know? Yeah. So Are we like, all just miscreants at the end of the day? I was about to <laughs> yeah. say, yeah. And it's always... Well, we're, we're working on it. We're, we're working, working on, on it. it. We're, we're trying. And reframing, I think it's from the perspective of Prabhupada <laughs> is the old man, grandfather of all of us who's saying it with love and compassion. Like, don't be misguided. Don't be mm-hmm. a miscreant. Come on, just come back to Krishna. Yeah. Focus. Mm-hmm. So the four, so a self-aware Krishna knows that the four types of people that come to him are are the ones that are sad, right? Because it's really hard to remember God when everything is hunky dory dandy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we get it. When it when things are going kind of 
crappy in our lives, we kind of look to the sky a little bit oh, and we sure. say, mm-hmm. oh my God, what? why me? What are the answers? I need some sort of guidance. Right. So that's the distress. The like desire. father, sorry, side yeah. note about the distress. Father Pio, who I've quoted before says, blessed is the fall that makes you look up to the heavens. I love that line. Father Pio. Yeah. Um, the second one is someone who's looking for money, right? Yeah. Or in need of money, actually. I, as I read on, it, it changed from desire for wealth to in need for like, money. Please, God, help me. Oh, Please so help me. It could also be in that kind of position where it's like struggling, right? Yeah. That's right, another right. different kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. And then the inquisitive. This is like the curious George type of character. Yeah. Who's just like really just trying to... Huh. Why is this guy like blue? a philosophizer? Because that ultimately will lead you to answers of the absolute. Yeah. If their yep. if their mind and heart are open enough. Yeah. And the last one is someone who is in search of the absolute. Someone who is actually looking. Who's just for like I want to God. know who is God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Wonderful. Okay, ladies. Amazing. Love it. Thank that you so much for one year. Oh yes, one year. One year. Oh, two weeks. Thank you for sticking with us for we one entire you. year. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. See you next time. Bye. Until next time. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi